Hello, and welcome to the Slay Dragons podcast, where I talk to creative people and break down how and why they do what they do. I'm your host, LeVar Allen, and this is episode 23 featuring Morgan Carlson. And this is a special one for me because he is one of the original members of my favorite band of all time, Protest the Hero. I've seen him live 10 times and the first video that I put on YouTube in 2008 was a cover I did of Blood Meats, um, a song off of the Fortress album. So yeah, I've been a big fan for a long time, but the music isn't the only reason why I wanted to have him on the podcast. He's an interesting dude who's done a lot of different things in different fields from um, digital art, animation, game design, VR, AR, and he has a really inspiring mentality when it comes to reaching goals and then setting new ones and being willing to start from the bottom and work your way back up again. I definitely got a lot out of it and I hope you do too, so enjoy episode 23 featuring Morgan Carlson. Hey, dude, how's it going? Hey, um, I appreciate you doing this, man. Oh, don't mention it, man. It's, uh, yeah, not not a problem at all. My pleasure. Okay, yeah, I've been uh, a fan of your work. Like, um, well, I first heard of you through Protest the Hero, um, one of my favorite bands of all time. But then, um, yeah, I was going through your Instagram account, and I was just, like, blown away by all the stuff that you've been doing. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk to you today so i appreciate that man thank you i uh you know playing music for so long is like an art outlet and then not playing for like eight years like i need to do something or i'm gonna lose my mind mm -hmm, for sure um so yeah like um when you started or i guess let's go back all the way to the beginning um when you were a kid were there like specific things that you were doing as a creative outlet yeah so when it, like this was pretty pretty early when we started doing the music stuff like i think we were in grade seven like end of grade seven beginning of grade eight when we started dicking around with like whatever instruments we had laying around the house mm -hmm. um but, i mean as far as like visual art stuff goes it like until digital art became easy enough to have like a really low barrier of entry i just kind of like avoided visual art because i'm fucking awful with it like i <laughs> I need like an undo button in order to successfully make visual art. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, until I kind of started working more with computers, it's like music was always that artistic outlet. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when it comes to the, the digital art, um, I saw that you have a, a lot of stuff that's very sci-fi looking. Um, I was wondering if there's like, anything that specifically influenced you as you were um making these pieces like any movies or shows that that have influenced your your digital art yeah like because i was always like a pretty big sci-fi fan but then there eventually came a point where i realized that i was pretty obsessed with that whole genre and aesthetic and everything so mm -hmm. um as cliche as it is like over the last few years just the whole like cyberpunk aesthetic and like dystopian 
cyberpunk especially anytime i've tried to make art that's like the solar punk side of things you know kind of that like positive cyberpunk future it just like never works mm -hmm. <laughs> so just um yeah that like dystopian cyberpunk dark neon lights is just like such a fun aesthetic to work with yeah and it, it looks really cool for sure well thanks man yeah and um yeah when it comes to the, the digital art it seems like there there's like a a few different like um i guess uh styles that you've done within um that space like i've seen um yeah the sci-fi looking stuff um and i also saw that you did um i guess some animation as well um like some 2d uh i guess pixel art is that um something that you've been interested in as well yeah so i guess like this has some like context required for it so mm -hmm. when i left the band and got into um more like industrial design fabrication manufacturing stuff um like taught at george brown for a couple years manufacturing and then i worked at a makerspace for a while doing lots of like 3d printing and <clears throat> laser cutting and all that stuff um but when i was working there i was only working part-time had tons of time to myself and i just used all that time to learn how to code mm -hmm. and just kind of like you know 20 30 hours a week i spend just like learning online doing online tutorials there's so many like insane resources for free education online so i'm just like you know what i'm gonna just like figure this out figure out how to do it um so eventually got to the point where i'm like you know pretty confident i can i can code whatever i want to code i can put all that stuff together but then i realized like wait a second that making a game games need to look good as well yeah so my like one of my approaches especially since I left the band is rather than trying to be like a specialist at one thing, I like going at it more from the generalist angle. Like I'd rather know a little bit of stuff about as many different things as possible rather than being really good at one thing. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of it just comes from like indecisiveness. It's like, you know, I, I have a bunch of little game prototypes I'm working on. It's like, Oh, this would look great with pixel art or like, no, maybe I should replace this with 3d models or like, 2d stuff rendered you know 3d stuff rendered flat into 2d and it's so it more comes from this indecisiveness of like i don't know what i want to lean into so i might as well try to pick up a little bit of everything along the way okay that's really cool and um so like <clears throat> going into like learning something new um is there a certain mindset that you you had to have or like were you always the type who could like go on YouTube and, and learn um, something that way? It's it's kind of a mix. Like I, I've always been interested in like learning and further education and just trying to like, you know, anytime I work on a new project, I try to do something I've never done before so I can walk away from that, you know, not just with a finished product, but like actually a skill that can then be applied to future projects. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's interesting learning stuff in an unstructured environment. Like, and it's a good question because one of the big problems is you spend all this time learning stuff and then you're like, okay, now what? Yeah. Like, what do I do with this? So the one thing I found is like, as many videos and tutorials and instructables that you can watch, it's like until you're actually applying that to a project, it's really hard to fully grasp the concepts that you're learning. Mm -hmm. So. You know, I'd kind of spend a week or two absorbing as much information as possible, but then until you actually like use that knowledge 
to make something and apply that knowledge to a project that you force yourself to finish. It doesn't really like lock itself into your head. So that was kind of my approach was, you know, only spend so much time learning these concepts, but then, you know, spend way more time trying to actually apply these concepts. And that'll give you such a better understanding of what you're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, So would you go into learning these things with like an idea of how you were going to use it? Or would you like learn them and then force yourself to do something with them as soon as possible? Definitely more the the former. Like Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm kind of the type of person that I need to see I need to see the finished product before I start learning so then I can kind of like deconstruct how to get there, whether the proper way or some like hack job way that I put into effect. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for I think that's like at least the way my brain works. I know everyone learns differently, but I need to kind of have I need to have a goal and then explore the tools of how to get to it Um, because otherwise you just like sit there for three days like tweaking one little thing that's so insignificant to the final product um yeah i always found like you know coming in with a goal rather than just randomly trying things yeah yeah and is that like uh, a mentality or way of thinking that you apply to other um, areas of your life like are you goal oriented in general yeah and i think that that's something i've you know, because it, it's like that with the band. It's You start a band with the goal of playing a show. So you, like, write some songs. And then, you know, you have a goal to put out an album. So you, like, practice more and then you record those songs. Like, without that goal that you're working towards, everything seems almost pointless along the way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's so much... It's, it's kind of about, like, a self-reward, too, where, like, you can have this ultimate goal that you're working towards... But if that's all that your sights are on, it's going to take so much work to get there until you reward yourself with like the satisfaction of completing your goal, you know? So kind of like having these like smaller goals and steps along the way is so much more fulfilling as you're working through the project, because then you have these like these little goals and milestones you're working towards. You can stop for a second and like pat yourself on the back. You can feel good about accomplishing something, not just always saying like, oh shit, I still have 10 steps to go till I'm at the final product. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I try to try to approach everything, you know, like, I mean, even as far as like life in general, just have like a three, four, five year goals that you're working towards. And then, you know, along the way, you can still feel like you're accomplishing something and not waiting five years to pat yourself on the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um. So when you made <clears throat> sorry that transition like from from playing in the band um to like I guess moving on to life beyond um beyond that like what was I guess going through your head at that moment like were you was it a a process that you were thinking about for a while or was it just like a moment when you you knew that it was time for you to to move on Yeah it's it kind of goes back to your to your previous question where like you know a lot of stuff played into it there, there's so many factors that played into that decision like we were when we started touring when we were 18 and i think when i left the band i was like 27 mm-hmm. um so i mean at that point we'd spent like nine years of our lives like the end of our teens and and the majority of our 20s like being on the road 10 months a year um 
you know, touring, playing shows. Like I don't take any of that for granted. It was all such an incredible time, but there comes a point where it's like, you know, a decade of not having a home base, like a, I'd love to like settle down a little bit and, you know, start to plant some roots and kind of like set myself up for, for whatever's next in life. But I guess for me too, it also got to that point where, you know, we, we really wanted to play some shows and put out an album and go on some tours and play with our favorite bands. And like, at the point I left, we kind of had accomplished a lot of the larger goals we had set out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm kind of of the, the mind that, you know, in a job or a position or kind of any endeavor that you're on, like if you get to the point where you don't feel there's a lot of room for growth left, then kind of every second you spend doing that after that point is time that you could have been doing something else that's allowing you to continue growing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, for, for lack of a better term, like I felt like we kind of beat the game as per our original goals. So it was, uh, that was a big part of it too. It's just kind of wanting to challenge myself in a new way and, you know, make some new goals to work towards. Mm-hmm. Um, so was it scary though? Like after spending, oh, yeah, all that time to, to it, just start over? Well, yeah, like it's kind of fucked up too, because you go through so much of your life with this idea of like finish high school and you go to like university or college and get a degree and then you get like you start your career mm-hmm. um and like that's what we all grew up being told and you know the like whole professional ecosystem has changed so much over the last 10 or 15 years but when i left the band like i didn't fucking know any of that like if i wrote a resume it would say like played music for nine years and then yeah. before that it would have been like the restaurant i worked at in high school and like mm-hmm. that's not gonna score me many jobs so i you know that's pretty terrifying but um you know went back to college and then kind of did some shit and now it's funny like i'm not using any of the i mean i'm every now and then some stuff i i took away from college with like 3d printing and laser cutting like do a lot of that stuff still but Mm -hmm. you know i'm not working in the field that i studied at school like looking back on it it's almost just a bit of a waste of time but it's also nice to have that um affirmation that you don't need a degree in like computer science to become a developer and like mm-hmm. you know i i don't have any formal art training but i'm now working as a creative director at the company that i'm at and and that's just from experience like experience goes so much further than schooling but when I left the band, like I didn't know that because I hadn't really spent any time out in the professional world. So it was really scary, like feeling like I'm kind of back where I was when I first walked out of high school. But, you know, over the years, you kind of realize that being in a band for so long, it's like, you know, you, you are dealing with employees that like we're, you know, paying crew that's on tour with us. We're dealing with like marketing and merchandising. And there's a lot of like, small business skills that you're picking up along the way that you don't even realize. And like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, helped me out so much over the last decade. And um, so I've seen you've done um, some stuff in the gaming industry. And um, I was wondering if you've always been interested in doing stuff like that, or was it just something that came to you um, once you left the band? It's, it's funny like that. When I was really young, we had like my father's cousin was a software developer. And I always 
remember thinking it was so cool and and wanting to get into it but then you kind of get to the point where like there's a long period through the late 90s and a big chunk of the early 2000s where the only way to get into it was doing like a computer science degree or like a programming degree um you know four-year program at a university and i didn't want to like put my life on hold for that long and get into it so and then obviously doing the band thing kind of put all that like out of my mind like it wasn't even really something I thought about, but then around like 2010, 2009, 2010, like a really cool thing happened with being able to make games. And I always compare it to what happened with the music industry in the early 2000s, where like technology and software became available that allowed people to make a very like high level of project like in their offices or their bedrooms. you know, early 2000s, like all these little at-home recording devices and Pro Tools LE and all of a sudden, you know, with enough skill, people can be making like professional sounding recordings out of their bedroom. And eventually it got to the point with video games where, you know, a lot of these tools had like very, it's kind of that like easy to, to learn, hard to master yeah. kind of thing with these. But you know, there's so many tools now that allow people to make these like really high quality things in their bedroom um, that didn't exist before. And, you know, to allow people who didn't have an extensive background in programming or computer science to actually like have a jumping off point. So it wasn't really until, you know, I kind of settled in and was like halfway through my college program. And I was like, I should have, should have done this, but you know, at least now I can teach myself to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I've also seen that like from, or I'm not sure exactly what the timeline was, but I, I see that you've done some stuff with VR and, and AR now. And um, yeah, what was that um, like? I guess, was there a, a hard learning curve for that? Yeah, not, so that's the, the stuff I've been doing for the last like five years is all mm-hmm. kind of geared towards that stuff. But uh, no, so I started, when I left the makerspace I was working at, um, I went to a, a studio in Toronto. It's like a music studio, but they also did a lot of work in like spatial audio. So like 360 audio, depending on the direction your head is facing. Um, so obviously that ties right in with VR. So yeah. started doing lots of like prototyping um, with VR at that point. And it was kind of when the technology was first becoming a little bit more popular. Um, so yeah, kind of like the first development creative job I had in the tech industry um, after making the switch over here was working in VR stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there went and worked on a Nintendo Switch game for a while and did some audio direction on that and then found my way over to the studio I'm currently at um, with the express intent of doing like VR stuff. And then uh, over the last couple of years, it's evolved into lots of augmented reality and lots of fun projection mapping and big, large art installations and, you know, kind of all sorts of fun stuff like that. Like did lots of VR when VR was the new exciting thing, but now it's kind of trying to find what that next new exciting thing is. Yeah. And um, is there anything that's like sticking out to you right now that that excites you about this, um, I guess, this space? It's interesting. It's it's kind of one of those 
catch-22s where, like, I'm excited to see how far it can go. Mm-hmm. But the further some of this stuff goes, starts raising, like, other interesting questions. Like, I haven't fully looked into it, but I saw a thing a few days ago about some new Mark Zuckerberg, like, metaverse thing. It's mm-hmm. like, people can work from anywhere and sign in in VR from a beach and do a meeting. Yeah, It's like, that's great, but, you know, the further that goes the harder that like work-life balance becomes which is already so blurry with everyone working from home the last 18 months Mm -hmm. so it you know part of me is like yes like how far can technology go let's take it as far as we can um but then the other part of me is like yeah maybe we don't need to go as far as it can possibly go Uh but i think uh i mean as far as like vr stuff aside the lots of really cool stuff going on um with like motion sensing cameras but for like depth cameras and being able to track human skeletons and you know getting to the point where controllers become arbitrary because people can just use their bodies like you know kind of like one step beyond connect where it's not a gimmick anymore it's actually Mm -hmm. like functional and convenient yeah that's cool and I guess on the subject of maybe going too far, like one of my favorite shows is Black Mirror. And um, yeah, are, are there anything or other um, things within, I guess, the tech industry that um, make you like question if we're going too far? Yeah, like, yes and no. It's mm-hmm. It's less about pushing the technology and more like how that technology is being used. But like having said that, it's being used in like a horrible way everywhere. Um, Like, you know, facial tracking stuff and the, you know, the longer the internet exists, the more personal information everyone has online, just how accessible that information is for people to find where you live. It's just, you know, it's uh, it's very interesting. Like I remember being younger you call your friend's house to see if they're around and like if they're not home and it's like okay like, maybe they'll call me back in the next couple of days but now it's like you call the person they're not there like message them on discord text them message them on facebook messenger like message them on instagram it's just it's wild you know it's it's uh it's just scary to think about how accessible everyone is by everyone else all the time yeah for sure and um yeah, when when I think of like all the the things that you do um, or have done like over the years, like I'm just curious if there's anything, any common thread um, between them, like anything that you do, any like practice or mindset that you have that allowed you to um, just, I guess, get to a, a high level of proficiency in, in these different areas. I think I've been really lucky in the sense that like the three big hobbies I've had over the course of my life I've been able to just spend enough time getting good enough at them that I can convince someone to pay me to do it I guess it's kind of with the music thing like started out as a hobby and then it became a career somehow and you know same with really into 3d printing and laser cutting and 3d design um so I went to school for that and became good enough at it to work in that field for a bit and then you know hobby doing game development and doing game jams and just spent enough time kind of as a hobby learning 
that skill set that I was able to to make a career out of it. So I think that's definitely the common thread is is just a hobby, something that I enjoy doing, like something that if I'm spending a bunch of hours a day learning this thing, it doesn't feel like work. And like especially the internet and with streaming and tutorial videos and freelancing, like there's there's not very many hobbies these days that you can't monetize if you want to. And like, don't get me wrong, I don't think people should be monetizing their hobbies. Like you should have shit that you enjoy to do because it brings you joy, not because you're trying to like hustle and make more money from it. Um, But, you know, if there are any of your hobbies that someone wants to turn into a career, um, there's kind of enough outlets out there these days between Etsy and Twitch and, you know, anything you can think of that like, most hobbies you can monetize at least to some regard so that's that's definitely been it just find something i love doing and then just do it enough until someone can pay me for it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um i guess if you could go back in time and like give yourself advice when you were starting um any any of the things that you've done and to like make you progress faster or, or or just be better um are there any things that come to mind that you could could have done that that could have made it a smoother process? You know, I don't know if I would have changed anything that I did, but I think I would have like let myself know that none of the steps along the way were necessarily a huge deal. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like it's. I mean, one thing I try to tell people is, like whenever people are talking about a career change or wanting to do something different, it's like, it's never too late to change it up. You know, even if it's like six months, a year of your life that you spend learning this new skill and then making a switch, or even if you just uh, quit your job, go find a part-time job to like make ends meet and, you know, go to college for 18 months and do a quick program. Like it's never going to be that much time until you're like back where you were doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, if I could have communicated that to myself, like, don't don't sweat it, man. Things will be okay. Just, like, do this without the anxiety of wondering if things will be okay. Um, so never too late to change it up. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, I think that's a really good place to, to wrap it up. It's a great message. So, um, yeah, once again, I, I really appreciate you doing this. And, um your story is is inspiring just like all the things you've done so um yeah i'm sure a bunch of people will get a lot out of this so thank you for that oh thanks yeah thank you lavar it's uh, it's been a pleasure chatting and you know happy to to chat again whenever whenever you have a week where no one else is on the podcast <laughs> all right I'll, I'll hold you to that so yeah thanks man awesome man thank you have a good one buddy all right you too